Sophie Hardy and the Internet Implant by M.R. Dale, narrated by Leona Hall. Chapter 5. Sophie's Go. Sophie said nothing and just stared forwards. She didn't move a muscle. On the surface, it looked like nothing had happened to her and that she was just any member of the crowd that was sat there aghast. Underneath her calm exterior, though, her brain had gone into overdrive with a mix of excitement, questions and outrageous thoughts. Why had she been picked? Could her parents have had a word with the right person after their argument yesterday? Would this make her popular with her friends or would they stop talking to her? She must have only been like this for about ten seconds, but her brain had never tried to process so much information in one go. It was like her life was flashing in front of her, searching for an experience she had been through that could help her out. The problem wasn't that there was nothing to help. There was so much compared to most ten-year-olds. Falling out with her parents last night, Clara moving away a few weeks ago, living with very little money and just getting by in their high-off-the-ground house. All of these memories tried to help Sophie, but her brain was having none of it. She was dumbfounded, thunderstruck and flabbergasted all in one go and even all the stories of monsters from yesteryear her dad had told her did nothing to help. Sophie felt a jab on her arm and heard the voice of Katie in her ear. Go on then, she was whispering through gritted teeth. Hearing that, Sophie partly snapped back into the real world and started to take in her surroundings. It felt like the whole school was looking at her. In actuality, the whole entire world was looking at the latest lucky child, but that thought was still out of reach of Sophie's brain for now. As Sophie stood up, a louder cheer emanated from the crowd outside the gate, and before she knew it, the whole school was in rapturous applause. Sophie was well-known and well-liked by all, and most of the children and staff couldn't think of anyone better to get an implant if it wasn't going to be them. Sophie shuffled down the line of year sixes and looked up as she reached the end. When she did, she caught the glance of one of her teachers. Miss Sissons was the only person not clapping or cheering. She appeared decidedly frightened with a stern look that Sophie had never seen before. She looked worried and was simply staring, almost apologetically at Sophie and looked like a statue that was breathing deeply. Had Sophie been more with it, she would have asked her what was wrong but she was on another level of emotion and couldn't begin to comprehend how to ask a question, never mind understand what the answer might be. Within a few seconds, she had forgotten everything that had just happened and felt like she was gliding to the stage at the front, not in control of her own legs. She levitated up the stairs and floated over to King, who shook her hand. His handshake was unrealistically tight to say he was greeting a ten-year-old and appeared so frail. At one point, Sophie thought he was actually trying to hurt her. On closer inspection, Sophie noticed that King was even paler in real life and his eyes were a lot more tired-looking than Sophie could have realised from being far away in the crowd. His skin was hanging off his face, almost as if it didn't fit him properly. King started to give out the same instruction he had given to the other two and invited Sophie to sit down. As Sophie sat, a few more of her brain cells came back to reality and started to almost work properly again. This allowed her to see two people far off in the crowd who were standing arm in arm. Sophie's focus came back completely and she could see that it was her mum and dad. Mum had her sunglasses on and her head on dad's shoulders and dad had his arm round mum almost like he was holding her up. They looked extremely happy and extremely proud and they both gave Sophie a subtle wave and Sophie waved back. Sophie's sister, Lizzie, was sat in the pram fast asleep with her cuddly giraffe. Is that okay with you, Sophie? said a voice. Sophie's final brain function came back properly and she realised that King had finished the instruction. Er, yes, Sophie replied, guessing the instructions had been the same as they'd been for Reuben and Yasmin and so agreed without thinking. 
Sophie scanned the stage. Yasmin was stood there staring into space, probably enjoying the implant experience straight away as she stood there, basking in newfound knowledge. Reuben and Mr Houghton were stood next to her, both looking smug, with Mr Houghton waving excitedly to the crowd. Then there was King, who was just staring at Sophie, right in her face. His eyes were piercing and made Sophie want to just say yes. In his wrinkly fingers was the machine that Sophie had seen used on Yasmin and Reuben. Up close, it looked like a jellyfish with blue fingertips. Before Sophie could study any more, King had started the process of plugging Sophie in. As he placed the contraption on her head, Sophie heard a shout from somewhere. No, don't! The lights aren't right! Sophie tried to process where it had come from but couldn't. She scanned round the crowd and saw Miss Sissons fighting her way to the front. It dawned on her that something wasn't as it should have been. She looked for her mum and dad again. They weren't hugging any more. Amelia had her hands over her mouth and Tom had his hands on his head. Sophie heard a loud, witch-like cackle from next to her, but before she could turn to see who it was, King was attaching the machine over her head. His eyes had gone from tired to fiery orange. Flames danced in his irises and veins pulsated in the side of his head. She'll be fine. This is what we need to happen, he almost chortled. Sophie couldn't move as the machine turned on. It stung so much, like someone was stabbing her with a thousand pins. The pain didn't last long, though. Although it hurt so much, Sophie was distracted by something else and the pain stopped. All around her, everything had turned black. It was like someone had just flicked the lights off and plunged her into darkness. There were, though, flashes of lightning, like electricity bouncing off invisible walls in her eyes, like when there's a thunderstorm at night. Sophie felt petrified, yet was managing to keep her cool. She breathed deeply, trying to regain her composure. Deep breath. Count. Deep breath. Count. Opening her eyes gradually, she was met with the gaze of a pair of ocean blue eyes immediately in front of her. These eyes were there for no longer than a lightning strike, but Sophie made them out as clear as day. Seconds later, another strike and Sophie caught sight of the eyes again. She knew them from somewhere, but they looked different compared to how they normally looked, meaning Sophie couldn't place them. Another strike and Sophie saw more. Jet black hair was brushed forwards, almost covering the person's face. Then the hair turned red and the eyes green for a few nanoseconds before switching back to black and blue. That isn't right, Sophie thought to herself. That hair with those eyes, it's usually tied up in a ponytail. Another flash and it became clear who Sophie was seeing in the electric flashes. It was her cousin, Clara. Now that Sophie had worked out what she was dealing with and who she was facing, she began to work out when the flashes would come by counting the seconds between them and she would try to make out Clara in more detail. Flash. Clara was clearly in a mess. Her hair was all over the place and her eyes looked exhausted and stressed. Her hair and eyes kept changing to different colours, almost like they couldn't decide who they wanted to be. Flash. Clara was on some kind of mattress, unable to move. Her hands and feet had been strapped down. Flash. Clara was mouthing something. Sophie concentrated unbelievably hard, staring at Clara whenever she appeared, reading her lips to try and make out what she was saying. After about three more flashes, Sophie had deciphered what it was. Get me out of here, Sophie said to herself. How? Sophie mimed back. It seemed to fall on deaf ears, though, as Clara just carried on uttering the same five words over and over, almost as if Sophie could see Clara, but Clara couldn't see her. Sophie looked around herself for what she could do next. With a jolt, Clara's face became more distorted, and Sophie could see less of her with each flash. The surroundings started to get lighter, and before she realised what was going on, 
she was blinded by a bright light. Get me out of here, Sophie shouted as she woke up. She was greeted by a face that made her scream again, but much more quietly. Mrs Tabard, who was now doubling up as the school's first aider, had a wet paper towel in her hand and was mopping Sophie's head, letting the water run into her eyes. Sophie tried to sit up, but struggled. She took in her surroundings and realised she was lying on the floor in the classroom with her feet on a chair. Around her were Mrs Tabard, Yasmin, Katie, Amelia and Tom. See, I told you she didn't need an ambulance, Mrs Tabard said, clearly aiming her exclamation at Sophie's parents. A huge sigh of relief was had by all in the room. Sophie lay back down again but didn't want to close her eyes. Who knew where she'd end up if she did so? Sophie Hardy Saga was written and produced by Emma Dale and narrated and produced by Leona Hall. If you enjoyed it and would like to continue to follow the adventures of Sophie and her friends in coming episodes, then please subscribe through one of the many podcast providers out there. The links for each of these can be found on our website. If you require more information, visit our many social media channels or if you would like to purchase a hard copy of the book, then be sure to check out www.sophiehardysaga.com. Thank you for listening and we hope you enjoy.